Today we're going to discuss the three magic words. Well, depending on who you ask, they're the three magic words. If you ask other people, they might tell you that these words are actually quite divisive. The three words that we're talking about are diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now at face value, you might be asking yourself, well, what's wrong with diversity, equity, and inclusion? Well, in today's episode, we're going to highlight and contextualize how diversity, equity, and inclusion has become an ideology for the left and why some people are waking up and realizing the sinister role diversity, equity, and inclusion are playing in today's society and greater culture. Let's get into it. Yo, this is Hanging with Apes, an Audio Apes podcast. Real talk, real topics, no limits. Audio Apes, music with no boundaries. What's up, everybody? This is K Cartoon. This is RX Phonics. We are the Audio Apes, and you are officially Hanging with Apes, a weekly Tuesday podcast where we discuss trending topics, current news, and relevant subjects with a philosophical and comedic flair and our take on it. Two guys from the south side of Chicago. There is explicit language at times, so be advised. Going over to our website, that's hangingwithapes.com. You can sign up for our newsletter. And if you want to listen to some really good rap and hip-hop, go to any major music streaming platform, type in Audio Apes, and our catalog pops up. It truly is the best. It truly is the best. Like always, if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website. You can donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you know somebody that would be interested in the things that we talk about here on the show, please share it with them. We're on all podcast platforms. So that means if you know somebody that is interested in the subject of diversity, equity, and inclusion, if you're interested in somebody that wants to know why is everything becoming quote unquote woke and is becoming so agenda driven, why does everything feel like a bunch of communist gobbledygook? This is a perfect episode to send them. If you're interested, if you know somebody that's interested in ESG, because DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion, goes hand in hand with ESG. It's all part of the same left-wing extreme ideology. This would be a good episode to send them. Um, and this is a little bit different of an episode because um, this. I, to a large part is is a bit of a more philosophical subject um and i feel like it's been a while since we've kind of gone the philosophical road granted there there is some pragmatism to dei diversity equity and inclusion and you'll hear throughout the episode us use those interchangeably you'll hear you know esg dei uh dei is obviously diversity equity and inclusion esg is environmental social governance and we'll kind of get into the meat and potatoes of of what those things are but you'll hear those interchanged a lot throughout this episode um and and so it's interesting though because while there's a, a a pragmatic element to those there's also a philosophical more ideological element to it um 
and and it's it's interesting because we kind of haven't gone the philosophical route in a while I feel like I feel like most of the stuff that we've been covering lately has been um a little bit more straightforward subject matter to yeah an extent yeah and also it being <clears throat> or us being in 2023 leading into 2024 naturally um we're covering politics and where where we're at monthly and so a lot of our episodes have kind of bordered on that i think also a lot of our episodes uh, in 2023, border uh, around um, male and female dynamics and how that molds uh, politics. Uh, I actually, because uh, in, in some way, shape, or form, uh, DEI and all this like the uh, woke ideology and ESG shit has pushed things uh, a little bit more forward for for stuff like male and female dynamics, black versus white dynamics, all this woke agenda to yeah. kind of be in the forefront. Yeah, it's one of those things where when you start to get into certain conversations and topics at, at a, on a surface level, there's one thing, but then you start to get to the root of, of why these things are occurring and you see that this is the sort of ideology that's behind a lot of things. And I think that's good to sometimes explore some of these deeper subject matters because I think it's pretty easy at face value for people to to, to look at some of the things we talk about and be like, oh yeah, yeah, okay, I get it. I heard about that. I, I see this or whatever. But a lot of times people don't really know why these things are happening. It's like, I'll give you a perfect example. And this, I think, is like a very timely, solid example. So it was just announced a few days ago that they're making another Star Wars movie. Huh. And they're bringing back Rey as as the, yeah. the lead character again, which... She was the woman main character in the last three Star Wars movies, all of which the fans really didn't like and 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 felt like these particular Star Wars movies shit on the Star Wars saga and also shit on like the fan base and 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 all in all people were very unsatisfied with the product that was put out. And rather than use that as an opportunity to be like, all right, well, we need to kind of come up with something else before we kill off this franchise because that's essentially what's taking place. They decide to bring back that character yet again. And then not only that, but now the movie is apparently going to be written by some woman activist director, which whatever that she's an activist... I don't know why that inherently makes her a good choice to direct a Star Wars movie. They, you know, all, all this woman, I've seen her say in interviews, oh, it's 2024, uh, it's time for a woman to direct a Star Wars, which 
I don't see the logic behind that. Like, yeah. just because it's 2024, <clears throat> why does that make it time for a woman to direct Star Wars? It's time. Um, so, so the point the point is is that all of that is an example of being led by the DEI ideology and the, again the abbreviation diversity equity and inclusion so well men have been directing star wars for the longest it's time for women and and women need to be equal to men and they need to be included in these in these things these 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 worlds and and these these big franchises and these big ips and i i said this for a while now that's sort of why I don't have a whole lot of empathy for women that complain about like these trannies entering women's sports because again for so long there have been so many <clears throat> male worlds, male dominated IPs, uh, uh, worlds that men create, uh, subcultures that men create that like women have infiltrated and it was fine and and not only is not only was it fine, by for everybody else, but they also allowed them to destroy the shit. Yeah. And so when you see like when I see a MMA dude, because that's what it is, a man and he destroys a woman, I don't have that much em- empathy because it's like, well, this like y'all were cool with yeah. like them coming in rap and destroying rap. And then y'all were cool with them coming into nerd culture and destroying nerd culture, everything, er- everything that like. And 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 what was funny is it was never a situation where all men were entering like women spaces, no. and in fact, women would not allow it. I I would imagine I would imagine there would be a shitstorm if right now Warner Brothers came out and said, "Oh well, we're gonna do a Barbie two sequel, but there's gonna be a guy that directs it." Oh man. That would be the end of the world. I imagine yeah. exactly. That actually might be the start of World War Three. <laughs> no, and, and but and and you know what? I would say rightfully so. Women want to protect what's precious to them, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I would be like, dude, why the fuck are you getting involved in Barbie? That's yeah. their shit. Let them do what they want to do. But on the flip side, it can't be. They no. can't be. No, Star Wars. Period. Blood all over it. Rap. Period blood all over it. Fucking whatever you have, this period you, blood all over it. This is like, how you get to The Last of Us Part 2, which is the, the video game. It's like that's what happens when when this shit gets infiltrated. And I'm not saying like there's no space in that world for uh, girl shit, but like when it's like it becomes like the DEI and the ESG vibe. In but all even of this that, shit. what you just said, it, it, is there because because when there when, when they created space for it, they ruined it. Because yeah. I I mean I I played the first Last of Us game. I never beat it, but I did play it. I didn't play the second one, but yeah. f- from everything I've read, videos that I've watched on YouTube, reviews, so on and so forth, everybody has lambasted the decisions that they made with the yeah. second game. By making it so gynocentric and female heavy, and like the protagonist is female, and like it's like she has like a lesbian lover and like all type of shit, and which it, is crazy because the gameplay was impeccable, but the story was like, what is this? Right, and this is what you get. But yeah, I don't, I don't think there was ever any 
type of culture, women culture in video games. They just like you said infiltrated. Right. Like and so that that's the thing like uh we and and, and it's been kind of like a, a a slow burner but like now you see a lot more female protagonist in video games than than you than than you did before. And then and then uh what happens too is like all this Twitch. I've never really gotten into the Twitch culture and the streamer culture, but then it's like a lot of it's it's woman heavy too. There's guys, but then there's also a lot of women. It's 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 like nerdy guys and women. That's what you're gonna see if, if you're a streamer, and so that uh and then th- that led to the whole GamerGate shit. You start seeing this type of stuff leak over into into like what well, we've talked about it before in law enforcement. Sometimes you just don't belong in a certain culture. I agree with you. If a guy wanted to direct Barbie, I, I, I guess if, if you want to, but why though? And it's not really a guy thing. Barbie is a girl thing. And so I understand it, but it's always in the name of inclusion, in the name of inclusion, in the name of inclusion. And then what happens is things get watered down. From that aspect to the whole... Every I remember when we were a little bit younger with NFL. A- NFL was spearheading every social justice yeah. battle, domestic abuse, oh, fight racism, this, this, and that. Don't hit your kids. It was like, NFL, your job is not to tell us how to live our lives, how to how, how the male and female dynamic is. Um... And for you to push BLM, that's not your job. But that that's what more and more, as it, it's become a, a bigger and bigger influence amongst the people, is that they have to spearhead the shit. And, and, and it becomes like where it, once it was just a sport that you watched with your friends, it's now like a social commentary and advocacy group for, yeah. for, for shit that you really, that it doesn't really belong there. And... and- I just wanted to to kind of refresh myself on GamerGate because I remember um, I remember when that happened and for you you said that and I know a lot of people may not know what that is. So basically, what that was is in 2014 2015, it was uh, well. This is how it's described. It was a harassment campaign uh, that was. <laughs> Organized by misogynistic online harassment and right-wing backlash against feminism, diversity, which is a key word, diversity, key word in DEI, diversity, and progressivism in the video game culture. Now, what's interesting about that was how we just described how because of DEI, women have infiltrated uh, male cultures, male subcultures and, and whatnot. And every time men have had a reaction, like in Gamergate, look at how it's labeled as, as misogynistic, it's right wing and everything. But what was what was always funny about Gamergate to me was that it was basically a situation where there were many women that started getting involved in in these gaming worlds that were really just being talked to like men talk to each other yeah. online which is like a it, it, 
I mean, I haven't like played online video games in a long time, but it's like a pretty like brutal, brutal like world, like yeah. in terms of like how people talk to each other. <coughs> Which there never been any situation of anybody calling it harassment prior to that. Yeah. But that's and but that's my point is that it's not so much it's not so much women getting involved in a subculture that is for men that's not really the problem it's when they're trying to change it you get involved yeah. and you try to change it yeah. and and now it's like oh well you guys talk like this and you've been talking like this and this is how you've been operating but now that i'm here everything has to change and the way people talk and the way people operate everything has to change or else this is harassment and, and you're going to get reported and yeah. your account is going to be banned from being able to play the game because we're reporting you and all of this, all of these things are taking place. And again, that was, that was a situation where now many people there, like, again, I, I don't play video games, but there are many people that do play video games and things that I've read about. Where they show that it's not the same anymore, and like they no. basically like don't want to partake. Yeah, and so that to me, that's you infiltrating uh, and changing something that you were never invited to. And so if you came in and people were like, "Okay, come in," you have to accept it. You know you, that this is the world. And I do remember when we were younger, like those Call of Duty lobbies. Man, cold blooded. Like we used to go in. We used to go in on, on, on people. Like, that's just what it was. And so for people to come in and complain about it, well, no one invited you to the doors that way. Instead, you want to change it. You want to mold it. You want to... And, and and so then, to me, that's where you start messing with the, the fabric of something that was good and now has to be filtered. And so when you have filtered um, media... Or forms of art, you're not gonna get a hundred percent the best product that you could have. No, because what it what it starts to become is a situation where the corporation, the powers that be, start to capitulate to the ideology, and now it's a quota system. Like, oh well, does this game have enough representation of women? But it's not just women. It's does this game have enough representation of people of color? Yeah. Does this school have enough people on its board that are women? Enough? Uh, what was that? Uh, uh, remember the um, the bank that went that went bust in, uh, last year? Uh, Silicon. Uh, oh yeah, Silicon. Uh, what is it? Silicon? S S V S V M Silicon Valley Bank S V B. I'm was pretty it? sure. Yeah. yeah. That, make sure. And then and then you, it turned out it turned out that that a bunch of women were on the board, which I'm not saying that like women are inherently bad at business, but what I'm saying is they were on the board for the sake of being women as opposed to are you the best qualified to be on the board? And then I remember there was this uh this video of a board member that that was online where basically she was talking about growing up in a border town and like growing up speaking two languages and it was like a bunch of shit from her heritage and nothing to show why she should be on the board yeah like if if i was was a customer of that bank i would be like 
I would be scared. I would be like, what does this have to do with business? This has nothing to do yeah. with business whatsoever. But again, that what what I am highlighting right there is an example of DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Because now what does that <clears throat> bank get to do? We get to go around virtue signaling, touting, oh, we have this woman on our board that grew up in a town speaking English and Spanish. Yeah. Oh, we're so great. Yeah. Meanwhile, don't know squat about business. And and that's that's where we're at in culture across the board when it comes to oh are there enough are there enough uh uh women are there enough <coughs> people of color are there enough gay people because now that's another thing is like well uh, <coughs> this this commercial or so many commercials have to have these type of people with this sort of orientation what does it matter yeah you're trying to sell a product sell it and let the people like that are selling the product, sell it in the way that they want to. If they want, like, let me give you an example. If you want to have a female lead and you're that good of a writer, then you'll come up with Kill Bill without being told to. Or you'll come up with fucking Django Unchained without being told to because you're just that good of a writer. You, your shit exactly. is just quality. You're not being forced to. You just, this is where you, this is the story you wanted to tell. I have no problem with, with, uh, I would not have had a problem with, with going back to Star Wars, with the Star Wars uh, trilogy, had they just been a lot more rooted in reality. It, I mean, I, it'd be kind of hard, right, for Star Wars. But in the sense of, like, the stuff you were trying to tell, and then when you were overtly, like, I think it was the second one in that trilogy, they're going, they're talking about inequality and all that shit. Like, this is not the time or place for that this is a star wars movie right you have to you, you have to encapsulate the world or the worlds that were created before you but you're trying so hard to push narratives it it takes away from the story and then and then it's like everything is unrealistic where in the original star wars luke skywalker took a whole movie to get to to a certain level it took ray a few minutes and it's like it's not realistic. It's not good writing. It's not. This is all just for the it's for the show of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and so you can make you, you can make. Uh, well, look at Martin Scorsese with the the. I heard it was it was good. Killers of the Flower, Flower Moon. You're telling a story about uh, uh, Native Americans who 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 had a a society in which like they hit big because they had oil in their lands. But like it's being told from a like just great uh, you know storytelling, and and from a great director, so it doesn't come off as oh this is a a, a quota thing that we have to do, and who knows maybe I, I don't know because now it's twenty twenty three twenty twenty four now that's in the back of your head like did he make that movie because this is the only way he could win an Academy Award but regardless because it's so quality you're gonna look past that right right and so. It doesn't. There, it doesn't occur in a situation like that. Yeah, and and it's like, uh, it's kind of crazy because I remember when you had uh, put me on uh, wealth, poverty, and politics, and I started getting into like other uh, Thomas Hole books, and there was one where it was just targeted for that. It was called the the Quest for Cosmic Justice, and and in that book he talks about how like in in virtue signaling you just worsen things because like. 
you're you're trying to look for justice, you just create more injustice because if there's a very good movie about let's just say the Irish mob, right? So you're not really gonna get probably Latinos in the movie. Probably not gonna get a lot of blacks in that movie. But because it didn't meet a quota, but it's other than that, it was like damn near a masterpiece, departed level shit. It's not gonna win an Oscar because it didn't meet a quota. That's stupid. Like that's dumb to me. It's dumb. It's stupid, and it's gonna make people lose. Kind of like it diminishes the art form. Yeah, and 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 to me, it's like because why? Because because there's just whites in there, and then and then it, it, it's to me. It, that's like so like basic level human to think like some dumb shit like that. Like that, that's just like you would think in 2024, we'd be a lot more advanced and not even look at white people as white people. Cause there's different types of white people. Just like there's different types of black people and different types of Latinos. And we're still stuck on white and black. Yeah. And so then when you look at it from the perspective of, uh, the book you had put me on as well, woke Inc by Vivek Ramaswamy, it goes to show that this is all like... I stay reading some of this shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, the, the shit tells you their game plan. Yeah. And by their game plan, I mean like the, the rich elites, the, the investors, the hedge funds, what their game plan was to control the masses and to push the masses to, a, to less um, Occupy Wall Street and more intersectionality and woke culture because that's where when you start getting people to to infight with each other you're not really getting into the root cause of things and you create division and then it's easier for you to keep moving up and keep making money and, and a lot of this stuff it, it, it's really about that it's it's uh how can we create something we can make money out of and how can we create a problem or if there was already a small issue how can we throw some gasoline on that make a whole thing about it and ultimately make money out of this shit because we really don't give a fuck what people think or how they feel or if the shit is quality we care about making money and 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 to me that's that's the the problem uh in today's day and age you go you make a commercial on the what was it the Gillette <laughs> razors and you talk about toxic masculinity do you think that that's a good marketing scheme For- attacking a company th- that makes razors for men. Yeah. It's not. And that's why they got backlash. Then you go and you're like, well, you know what? Dylan Mulvaney, we're going to get this tr- trans, what would, it, what would it be? A trans woman to push the brand. What, what happened to Bud Light? It fucking cost them billions, not millions, billions of dollars. Because you're pushing something that that's not for that market. Right. It's not for that market. Like, I don't ever think like when when I've seen Bud Light on the in the fucking refrigerator uh, in 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 a Jewel Oscar or any grocery store. Wow, man, I wonder like what the transgender community thinks about this this beer. I wonder right. how many transgenders bought this. Beer. Nobody. I no, I don't even what. It's not. It's not. Even in the realm of, of reality. But 
because they want to meet their DEI and the ESG quotas. They got to push it to these people and that those people. And you really don't look at like the people that actually buy your products. Right. Which is, again, what I've highlighted in the past on this show, stakeholder capitalism versus shareholder capitalism. Yeah. It's like, well, you have a customer, you have shareholders. That is who you should care to serve not stakeholders, not the ideology of DEI. Now, what made us get into this discussion from the beginning when we discussed it in in pre-production is recently, as many of you might be aware of, there was a, a congressional hearing where some heads of big Ivy League universities were asked about whether or not students demonstrating on their campus calling out for the murder of Jews would be considered harassment. And they all three had a hard time saying yes. Uh, It seemed as though they were given instructions prior to the hearing it seems like they were coached they were all basically on the same page and as a result i know one of them lost their job because of that though claudine gay from harvard she didn't lose her job because of that she lost her job now but that's because basically like they found out that she was doing plagiarism or something but they kind of created that that plagiarism campaign because of that situation, because there were so many people that were adamant about getting her out. And these these uh, these heads of, of these universities were being uh, grilled by Congresswoman Elise Stefanik. Now, in the wake of that whole controversy, which, mind you, for a lot of people that don't know, that particular hearing was the most congressional the most viewed congressional hearing in history. So it was viral. A lot of people uh, were talking about it and it became very evident to many people that there definitely are the powers that be that are controlling things behind the scenes when you have like all of these three in lockstep giving the same exact answer or sort of circumventing how they approach the question. Now, that created a situation where a hedge fund manager, Bill Ackman, he's worth about $4 billion. He enters, he's Jewish, he graduated from Harvard, and he apparently had this epiphany from that situation in which he felt that Claudine Gay, the head of Harvard University, should should step down and resign because he thought that that um, the way that she didn't answer the question or the way that she did answer the question, however you want to phrase it, was not only not fit for for somebody to be running a university, but was was just awful like the fact that she as a human couldn't be like no yeah uh people chanting 
for the death of Jewish students should be considered harassment. And then apparently that situation woke him up to the practices that were used or utilized to to hire her. And it turns out it was DEI practices that were utilized to hire her. Woke him up to DEI and then he realized, all right, this DEI thing is is not good because this person is clearly not fit to be yeah. the head of a college. Um, and so in pre-production, when we were talking about it, I brought up how it's interesting to me how certain people that have way more money than us, have way more resources than us, are so behind on certain things. Like, yeah. we've known this for years. Like, we could have, like, had said this for years that, like, these things, that this is not a good thing, that it's really basically, like, some, like, communist ideology. And here this billionaire just now, and it takes this, like, humongously viral moment and 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 from the, the head of the school that he graduated from, Harvard, for him to like have this awakening and be like, oh, this is this is not good. I got to do my research when guys like us have known about this for years and could have told been told him like, yeah, that's some like yeah. whack shit. That's like kind of ruining everything. Yeah. Now, one thing and I was reading on it just to kind of re- freshen up. Actually, the first one and she actually res- resonated because of the anti-Semitism uh, uh, hearing thing was Liz Maggle from UPenn. And then and then he was trying to get gay to, to resign. And then uh, the plagiarism shit popped off. And then she was like, you know what? I'm out. And then there's a third one. I think I forget the name for the other one. And like I guess they're saying that she probably should worry because he's going to try and go after her. Secondly, with, uh, with what you were saying as far as uh, this is concerned, do you think that it's that he didn't know because he had so you're a billionaire and and you're managing shit from like kind of like so far up that you really you're not really seeing the day-to-day workings and like the I guess there's like a lot of shit in the way of billionaire that has everything to what's going on on the ground floor. Do you think it was more of that that was the issue? Or do you think that it was more so political in the sense of like, you know what, this works for me now. I don't really believe in it, but it's the it's in vogue and like, yeah, I'm just going to go for it now. And then now that the whole anti-Semitism stuff has, has been happening, now he's like, you know what, looked a little bit more into it and was like, I didn't really believe in this, but now I really don't fuck with this. Which one do you think a lot of these... I I, I don't know. It it, it could be... I could see it being either way. Like, I I could see it where maybe he was always somewhat aware of it to a certain degree. But now that it's affecting the Jewish community... Yeah. He's using it as as an opportunity, you know, and, and like come out disingenuously and be like oh i'm learning about this and this is like how bad but it's really opportunistic because it's it's starting to have more of a spillover on the jewish community whereas for the longest situations like that (coughs) it was it was uh 
like especially on campus is it like all of this the hate was like mainly geared towards like white students yeah and and that was what was badass about candace owens her pointing out she pointed that out that was actually one of the things that caused the the rift between her and shapiro because she pointed out how like She's like, yeah, it's messed up that that these Palestinian students or supporters of 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 the the Palestinians doesn't necessarily mean they themselves are Palestinian are are coming out and like trying to get greasy with the the Jewish students. She's like, yeah, that's messed up, but the blacks have been doing this to the white students for a long the longest yeah. and like nobody ever said anything nobody ever said we need to pull funding from these schools yeah. and everything like that so now it's like you see you see the the Jewish community they're mobilized about it it's all oh, something needs to be done it's like all right well where's this that type of shit has been happening yeah. and and nobody cared about it and so so yeah, it, it could be it could be an example of that. The the only thing is whether it is or it isn't doesn't really matter because this guy is 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 uh sort of sort of sort of a pivotal figure yeah. in the fight. You know what I'm saying? It's one thing for like guys like you and me to know about it and do something about it or not do something about it, but then it's another guy for it's another thing for a guy on that level to be like, all right, like this is a guy worth four billion dollars, like deploying resources yes, for yeah. something to happen. That's that's what makes the difference. And so, all, overall, I think it's a good thing that yes. that he's deciding to act now, whether it's gen- genuine or not, uh, yeah, in yeah, terms yeah. of like his prior knowledge of it. I think the battle that he's fighting is ultimately for the betterment. Right of 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 the universities, and like you said, four billion dollars, like that's what you're worth. If you were to focus on this, you change things for the better. Uh, we were watching a video in pre-production where he's talking about and he's praising Elon, right, on buying X exactly, precisely because when it comes to the the jab and the virus, a lot of doctors. A lot of renowned, like doctors who who should be on X talking, whether they're criticizing the jab or not, uh, giving their thoughts uh, and information on on this type of stuff, were banned right. from Twitter. Pre Elon Musk, post Elon Musk are back, and and he says that this is like a an amazing information hub because it's like where he gets a lot of his information unfiltered because it's like everyone's saying something, but. Without the worry of people getting banned, and now that it's a place of free speech, I don't know if you saw that report recently. They say that it's worth seventy one percent less yeah. than it was when when Elon Musk first bought it, which is crazy because that shows you right there how much corporations, because it, it's basically the bulk of the revenue was coming from corporations and their ad dollars. Yeah. It shows you how much they value free speech, which is not much at all. They don't value it. But then what I like about a guy like this praising Elon Musk and praising the platform is this is now another pivotal person that is an advocate for the platform and what it does. Because eventually... 
something's gonna have to give you know what i'm saying like i i don't know for how long you know if if something is you bought something and it's worth 71 percent less than what it was at the time that you bought it i don't know how long that can be sustained but i imagine the more people that you have that are advocates for it you know the better and that that's the scary thing is like man you just hope that this platform can last and well the thing is is when it comes to these type of things it goes back to what you were saying about when tucker carlson starts this thing it's like well apply like subscribe to it pay a, a monthly if you support something that you believe in same thing with 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 uh x if you support it buy the buy, buy the monthly because that that adds value to it but it's it's bigger than what you're paying monthly it's like what it represents right and so it's like that's important because these are tools that the elite want you not to have because right. they want to control the information streams they want to control what is cool to say on youtube they want to control what pictures you're willing to put or what messages you're willing to put on Instagram or Facebook or, uh, well, not Rumble, but the reason why there's Rumble, the reason why now there's X is because this is the answer. And so you have to, the best way to do it is support it. Support it because it affects everybody uh, for the better. And so, to me, that that's that's very important because is it was it really ever worth that, or was it that it was just because the government was behind it, it was worth that? So then it goes to show you, like they'll cripple you, yeah, they'll cripple you. That's why it's scary when you hear the stories of like when one of the scariest stories uh, when Andrew Tate was canceled was that everybody organized to take him off whatever. Right. All the way to the point of like even him being able to Uber, like his Uber was canceled. It's like, who is pulling the strings here that everybody at the same time decided you're you're no yeah, good? Completely deplatformed. Yeah, like completely deplatformed where you can't even use your Uber or your Lyft or your PayPal or your like think about how scary that is. Because like, yeah, you don't have to uh believe in anything he says. I don't think that whatever Andrew Tate says is the end-all, be-all. He's just one person of many people that have opinions that sometimes I agree with, sometimes I disagree. But the bigger issue and the bigger problem is if they can do it to him, what makes you think they won't do it to you? Right. Because, like, he's rich. Or, like, remember when uh, Kanye uh, said that, like, he had, like, was it, like, $40 million frozen in yeah. an account that they he could... yeah. Or many people involved in January 6th, they said like now that, uh, you know, maybe some of them weren't convicted or, or whatever the case, but like they're being unbanked, like yeah. certain banking institutions. Yeah, all of that, you know, and and, and I mean, granted, it's it's used with the veil. Those things, you know, happen with the veil of, oh, well, these are private institutions and they have the right to to do whatever they want. But it's not right, and it's not fair, and it should be legal. Yeah. And so it, it becomes scary because, like, uh, if they were to, like, uh, digitize 
your income or your, your your money and you can't have it physically, they could just freeze everything. Exactly. And, and these are the things that, like, I, I say, I tell people pay attention to these things because um, we could be walking into the slaughterhouse if we don't say, hey, this is, we don't fuck with this or we don't mess with that and we just accept whatever is being told to us. Again, reiterate, this is what's important and why it's badass that there's platforms like X and Rumble where information doesn't have to be banned. Like, even if I, even if you make a video and I'm like, wow, this motherfucker's a piece of shit. Like, the shit that his opinions are ass and, like, he's a fucking bigot, a for real bigot, not a bigot like fucking the liberal left say, but, like, this motherfucker's just bigoted and the shit that he says and has no real, like, solid grounded stance on shit but he could say it and it is what it is but then at the same time it's a year and a half people that like like um bill ackman was saying robert robert uh kennedy is right on 75 percent of the stuff he said about the jab right he's like because i paid attention to it there's 25 percent where i'm like well there's not enough information on it but I actually sat there and I listened instead of be, become d- judgmental on some of the stuff that he's saying. I was like, well, let me do my own research. Right. And that's what he came up with. It. And, th- and then he was like, you know, I'm concerned certain jabs that we're giving our children, like, they, is, is it the cause for autism or eczema or asthma? Is it the jabs that, 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 that are required? This is information that I want to find and and this is stuff that robert kennedy put me on and to me that that's what all these uh social platforms are bad or, or what what the potential of them being badasses is like the sharing of information like you i send you a video you send me a video um you tell me all that, that, that this uh uh twitter thread on this conversation is interesting it's what we were talking about two months ago. And it's kind of crazy that they're talking about it now. And here, let me share that with you. And when things start getting uh, banned and, and, and blocked and, and people start getting suspended, it's like, man, it, 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 it is very scary. And so it's, it, it is important for guys like uh, Bill Ackman, depending on if he's actually going to fight the battle, which it looks like he is. Um. Obviously, he's pushing for like the 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 presidents of, of certain universities to be removed. It depends on if they if the powerful band to start doing stuff about it, like the individuals. Yeah. Because there's a lot more like like Disney. You didn't make money. You're not making money, and you're gonna double down. Yeah. And make more shit movies. Like, what is going on here? That's pure ideology. Yeah. Yeah. And so so it's like it, it's it's weird to me cuz cuz like it doesn't even make any sense on a business standpoint. No, that that's what I'm saying. It's pure ideology. It's less it's basically religion. It's like, oh, yeah. well, the religion of DEI, the religion of pushing a, an agenda and and that's it when you have a track record of people not rocking with these movies and well with the marvel shit like it's already there's been movies that they've put out that have lost money i think to date 
while the Star Wars movies weren't loved, they did make they, money. They did make money, but I th- I could easily see them falling into the Marvel territory where now they're not making money because of how how much people don't like the direction that the franchise is going in. Yeah. Now, do you think uh, all this DEI shit is going to go away? Or do you think is they're going to push forward with that shit? I think there's a lot of creative bankruptcy in culture. And so I think that DEI is a is a great crutch for that. It's it becomes one of those things where it's just like, oh well, we don't have anything. The way that culture should be going, we're too scared. Because if you notice, culture is sort of the gr- good culture for the most part is sort of always like counterculture that's like what makes it good it's like when you you're you're telling stories or or you're putting out art that is going in in a in a direction that's opposite of what like the mainstream is yeah that's sort of what made eminem eminem yeah when yeah. you know back when eminem first came out it's like wow like we never heard anything like this because the main culture the pop culture was like in sync, Backstreet Boys, Britney's like love songs and like yeah. and like and like like teeny bopper shit. Yeah. And then rap culture was like some just straight up like gangster shit. Yeah. So this was a guy that like took things in a different direction. He wasn't on some gangster shit, but at the same time he was vehemently against this teeny bopper shit. And in fact, even more than the the gangster rappers, because the gangster rappers just like never even really like acknowledged. That yeah. stuff. They and Eminem was talking about stuff that was going on in 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 in, in society, like Bill Clinton and like shit in the Oval Office. Or yeah. You. So my point is, is that good culture is always counterculture. Yeah. But where was, we're but but where we're at now, the only way to do counterculture. <coughs> You have to be ballsy because the the culture is the mainstream is obviously the mainstream media, the jab, Biden, Harris, like all of that shit. So are you going to be like, uh, is Drake going to like maybe say something shouting out Trump? I doubt it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Is Eminem? He definitely ain't. So my point is, that's why DEI now becomes a crutch because it's like, all right, well, we're not going to go that direction. So I guess if we go this direction, maybe some people will like it. But then what's what I think what we're figuring out is that people are not really liking it. People are not. It's not really like bringing in the dollars yeah. that, you know, are out there when you do something different. Perfect example. Godzilla minus one, which I still haven't seen, by the way. But Godzilla minus one movie of a budget of uh, 14 15 million dollars basically doing everything in the complete opposite direction of what Hollywood is doing yeah yeah and and but according to many critics is was one of the best movies of last yeah. year it actually felt like cinema it being a Godzilla movie it was because of the 
of the rich history of it, it, it felt like it went back to the old Godzilla. Yeah. So, so my point is that I, I think that as long as there's creative bankruptcy, I do think that they will push the DEI stuff because I think it becomes a, a easy crutch. Like, yeah. For instance, I don't know if you remember. I mean, this shit was. I don't think they're gonna renew the season, and it was. It was. Uh, uh, it just got so much like vitriol. Uh, the I think it was on Max the Velma show, which Velma is a character from Scooby Doo. Yeah. Um, and then oh, it, yeah, I remember and, that. And, and what was what was interesting about it is like apparently like Velma now was like Indian uh, on the show. So like why just for whatever and then like she's like the whole show is like her talking shit about white people and they made Fred the straight white male on the show like a complete moron yeah um Shaggy is black like th- again more DEI shit like it- it's very contrived and forced and everything well people didn't like it number one and scooby-doo like he has there's a fan base out there for scooby-doo so if i imagine if done right some people would have liked it but yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but widely this was a, a a very disliked show my point is my point is that somebody in some board meeting somewhere said oh well, let's come up with a show for velma and rather than the next few sentences be like all right well how is it compelling describe to us like like <coughs> what's good about it i'm sure what followed after the pitch for let's do a show for velma is we'll make her indian we'll make shaggy black and they ran with it like it didn't it was nothing about the story that was compelling are there going to be some like cool maybe modern day mysteries you know yeah. that that'll be interesting like you know like what does scooby do in 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 uh in 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 2022 or 2023 look like nothing like that it's just oh velma is is indian shaggy's black and fred is a is a dumb white guy yeah let's go with that this and, is and, and and that and again a crutch for creativity there was not nothing creative nothing good about it yeah so yeah i do think that as long as as uh there's this creative bankruptcy out there. I do think that this will this will happen. It's it's like the same thing with rap. Like there's so much counterculture shit that rappers should be talking about yeah. now, but they're not. So what do we get? Like a bunch of women talking about their their butthole and yeah. and 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 how many guys they had sex with yeah. and 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 shit like that. That that's what rap has become. Yeah. Uh, holes and holes yeah so it's again creative because to me like i feel like we live in a world where like a good rapper should have like limitless shit to talk yeah, yeah, yeah. about there isn't but there isn't you know yeah, and so like it's that. really just the same shit so so yeah i i do think that it'll continue until yeah uh, uh, until things get like so broke where they're like, All right, like you know, we're just like not the money's not there, you know. Yeah, what's well, what you said about Blade? We have on one hand, uh, Godzilla, which is kind of like you need money to recreate that, right? Or, or to create that as far as CGI. Uh, with Blade, you would need a lot less CGI. None. You don't need any yeah. CGI. You could yeah. do a Blade movie without practical, without CGI, without yeah. practical effects. And so. 
you're sitting on blade. Blood could be practical. The fighting could be practical. The choreography practical. Yeah. Even the act, like the action scenes, could be practical. You don't need. You need video effects, but you don't need any CGI whatsoever for a Blade movie. And so you're sitting on that, and it's just been. Is it shelved or no? Yeah, if it's shelved for now. And and uh, didn't uh, uh, it wasn't uh, it wasn't Idris Elba. It was a uh, Mahershala Ali. Mahershala Ali. I think he's not attached to it anymore. Oh, really? And so, like, now you lost. Yeah, a, like what an a, amazing, what a squandered opportunity. Yeah, like you, you had something great in the vault, and you you squandered it because nobody is creative enough. No one is sitting there like, oh, you know what? We could create a good story with this. This is something Marvel hasn't done, at least in a very long time. And it's not like they're opposed to to doing a rated R because apparently the Deadpool is gonna the Deadpool three is gonna be rated R. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, that that's just a, a squandered ass opportunity, big time. It's like I don't understand why you can't get a good writer or writers, a good director, be like we're gonna treat this movie like a one off. If organically over time the movie it manages to to integrate with a wider MCU, yeah. let it be organically. But for right now, we're gonna focus on making a good Blade movie. Yeah, rated R. It's gonna be darker. We have a great actor. If we can start sending him to martial arts training or whatever training he needs to do for the movie. Tight script. Let's roll with it, but but now that that's uh, in fact they they basically like we're talking about how they didn't know what to do with the character, and then at one point the char- it was like the the character was was uh, uh, had four female counterparts, and it was yeah. like a movie about life lessons. At one somebody yeah. pitched that idea about Blade. It's like yeah, like and imagine having like Matt Reeves fucking insane. Directing Blade with a good a good writer because I don't think he I don't think Matt Reeves wrote uh, the Batman or he because he, he did the Batman and then he didn't write the Rise or uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes right I, I know I know the them. Apes he didn't write I yeah. don't know I I I don't yeah, know actually, if he, uh, Batman I don't know if he wrote the screenplay for Batman but here you go you here you have a guy who's done uh, Dark. And 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 done well with it because I thought the Batman was a pretty solid movie. I thought the Planet of the Apes movies, the last trilogy was was pretty uh, good, especially that last one. And it's like, well, you guys you guys can can get some of these people and get them on board, get the feel of it, you know, and then and then go from there. Shit, but. You, I feel like they're stuck in this loop where like all and, and even their movies feel like the same color yeah like it, it's it lacks like originality it lacks yeah, creativity yeah, yeah it's the bad. cinematography is all the same it's yeah. like boring bro like what and and I remember when to the when it was leading towards uh Endgame and Infinity War um the movies kind of had their own little vibe to it. Still, uh, not the greatest thing, I would say, but, like, Guardians of the Galaxy had their vibe. Yeah. Spider-Man had his vibe. Um, even though Spider-Man was really Marvel. Um, 
the uh, what was it? What, who else was in it? Um, Doctor yeah. Strange had his vibe in America. All yeah. Of that, yeah, every movie had his vibe. I, the Iron Man movies had their vibe. Now it's all just like it's like meshed it's together. Same, you don't yeah. know who the fuck is who, and it's like people. It's like when you're when you've been successful for too long. It's like well, this is like its own machine now. We just kind of yeah, and the fact that they have all these scenes that they don't even do all together it, it it's not organic anymore no so it's sad um because y- you don't really get to see like something that's like okay uh this is what this movie's about and and well uh, they're going to fail they're going to fail if they keep going uh down that route and then you were telling me uh and we talked about how they had that like their conference yeah, and it like even the, the mood retreat. was gloomy. Yeah, the retreat that they had. Yeah, so that shit is wild. He did write. So Matt Reeves did write the Batman. Um, so here you go. Like here, like you have people that could make make these movies, and you're gonna sit there and be like, "Well, do we have the guys that are tried and tested and have done it by themselves, or do we just get people that we could just plug in? You do what we say, right? And so you're not gonna get anything." Uh, good out of it, and so hopefully they change course, yeah, and find some talent. So it's going to be interesting to see going forward how culture changes. If it changes, it's going to be interesting to see what sort of impact Bill Ackman has on the whole DEI agenda. But it's definitely out there. Definitely playing a role in. In movies, at schools, in the media. And I thought this was a good opportunity for us to sort of make people a little bit more aware of it. Because sometimes people are aware of what's happening, but not necessarily why it's happening. Yeah. Well, that's our episode for this week. Thank you guys so much for listening. The show continues to grow because you guys keep listening. So keep on listening. Remember, if we talk about something that you know somebody would be interested in, please share the episode with them. We're on all podcast platforms. If you want to help us stay independent, go to our website, donate an amount of your choosing or buy some merch. And if you're listening to us on Apple or Spotify, give us a five-star review. It helps us out a lot. See you guys next week. We're out. Peace. Peace.